Hey everybody, welcome to the Young Pope. And I'm uh, Cecily. The, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The hell with all you people. Uh, this is Bald Move TV, the podcast for all the television. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is... Cecily Jim. Jim, Jim and Cecily, and we're talking about the finale, the last two episodes of HBO's The Young Pope. The surprise breakout hit. Was it? Like it I mean, was I just big? I read a lot of articles in the last two mm. days, and people are like, this was, um, uh, in, in terms of debuts, it's somewhere between... Um, vinyl and Westworld, okay. and HBO had essentially zero expectations. <laughs> for somewhere this. between like the absolute worst difference. and the biggest. But what I'm saying, like vinyl was what. So I need to put some context. Vinyl was very heavily hyped by HBO. Right. Lots right. of marketing, mm-hmm. big expense. Whereas with the um, Young Pope, I think they split with the italian company the canal plus or whatever they did they split its 45 million dollar budget so okay. they didn't have a lot of high hopes and the fact that they got this kind of audience and the fact that it's kind of become a critical darling there's a lot of people saying it's like their favorite show on television right now mm-hmm. is that um is that combining the numbers from when it originally broadcast? And in- no, this is just for HBO. Oh. And that's the other thing is like my, you know, the, the, we kind of got it months after the rest of the world, right. so you know, it had kind of two lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here to discuss how we think about because I said last week that it's hard for me to imagine a two hours of the Young Pope that would make me feel like this season was a waste of time, but it was equally hard to imagine two hours that would wrap a bow on this season and make me think about what I'm, you know, like really crystallize what I'm supposed to take away about the Young Pope. Uh, let's go around the room and see what you guys thought about the two hour, two hours of finale. Uh, Jim, what did you think? Uh, I actually, I enjoyed it. Um, the, the tonal shift going over to Gutierrez in New York was, I think, welcome. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I needed another final two hours of the Pope being weird. Yeah. Um, or overly harsh. And, and, you know, by the end, I think he's he's definitely come to um, a place that I can more relate to. Dead. A little bit. Um, <laughs> dead? Yeah. Well, Maybe. we'll all relate to that eventually. Uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I have, you know, some, I guess not really complaints, but just thoughts about how the overall thing fits together mm. uh, that are in some ways disappointing, in some ways interesting. So I, I don't know where I stand on it as a whole, but I thought the last two episodes were pretty good. Same. I, I, I agree with the whole, but I don't think that it was satisfying in a, from a storytelling perspective. I think the last, or the last or episode nine may have been, one of the better, more beautiful episodes from Hmm. emotionally, I guess. Um, I thought the last episode was just too cute, too neat until, you know, the very final end. And I just, I just didn't really think it was Paolo Sorrentino style. Hmm. Like we've got all these big mysteries. We've got all this, well, not mysteries, but you know, we've got all these motivations from all these different people and it all just worked out in the end. Mm -hmm. Kind of sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I feel the same way, that I felt like emotionally the last two episodes gave me exactly what I wanted from The Young Pope, but plot-wise, I'm a lot more skeptical about some of the things I saw and experienced. But I don't, like, I'm kind, I mean, so contrast that with, like, season one of The Leftovers, where I was already over the moon, and, like, the way they wrapped that up would just, like, drop my jaw, like, wow, you can make something that awesome and then put the cherry on top. I felt like I didn't get the cherry on top. I just got the Sunday, which yeah. is fine. Not everything comes around is going to strike my 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 you know TV bone the way the leftovers did. But mm-hmm. I'm putting it in that conversation because this, like the leftovers, gave me something kind of emotionally and spiritually powerful that I haven't really seen on television ever before. I think that I would be more disappointed in the finale if I found out that they are doing more seasons. Well, they because are doing was, more seasons. Oh, it. It's not for I mean, sure yet. But, no, it's for sure. But it was always How intended sure? to be one season until it became, you know, the, this critical darling. That's not they, true. It even says the end 
at the end of the episode. Like, that's very final. It, it does. That's but true. I, so I did some research and I found that Apollo Sorrentino has been working on writing season two for over a year. He started mm-hmm. writing season two when he de- debuted the first three episodes at some Italian or maybe as a Spanish film festival. Well, sure. But, you know, when he was creating the first season. Oh, no, I'm not going to argue it that. It seems like that the intention was one and done. But and I kind of I'm with you. I don't know that I need more young Pope. I want more young Pope, but I don't know that I that I need it to the extent that the young Pope season two better be really good and really awesome to justify itself. Right. Is Lenny perhaps having a heart attack and perhaps dying at the end? more or less impactful if you find out in the next season that he did die or he lived and, he's, or, he, and that that's was that his thing. second calling i don't know if Maybe you don't I'm talking myself into it <laughs> if, you, if you don't bring jude law back then fuck the young pope season two it's set, uh also what if season two uh the first episode lenny's dead three days later he comes back to life what if how fucking crazy would that be <laughs> yeah i go. saw that that's in what the ab club review yeah, yeah i think, I think so that? yeah, yeah. What if season two is just entirely Sister Mary in Africa? <laughs> I, you know, oh boy. That, just playing with kids. Yeah. Helicopters that, threatening to land on them. Dealing with the local, what do you call them? Tyrants? Yeah, but it'd be interesting, like, say, like, if one of the little boys or girls in Africa she recognizes has this divine quality again. Uh-oh. Like, that could also be kind of interesting. First black pope? First black pope, yeah. First African pope. Season black, two, the black pope. The black pope. The black pope. <laughs> and then season three. Think of the memes. Think of the memes we'll get for the black pope. <laughs> yep. Get get black Twitter on it. Um, I yeah. So that's that's kind of how I thought uh, the the see. And I I like I said I I kind of want to see more of this because this episode this season gave me a charge like if a few things before have done so. But um. What do we want to talk about in specifics? Because I felt like there's a lot of really weird and mysterious, a lot of stuff that kind of got kind of got wrapped up, maybe a little too neatly, as Cecily said. But there's also a lot of just kind of interesting mysteries brought up in the last two episodes that I thought were kind of cool as well. Do we well. want to talk about the big Kurtwell thing? Get that out of the way. Yeah. Okay. So how do we feel about Kurtwell? There was a lot of um, there's a lot of emotional heat on the internet. It seemed where people were either upset that. Uh, Kurtwell was treated as a sympathetic figure or um, upset that he turned out to be kind of evil incarnate. I think it's interesting that this episode dropped the week that Jerry Sandusky's kid got... Uh, if you don't remember, he's the one behind all the the molestation going on at Penn State a while back. Um, and his his son is molesting too. And like, to me, I see that as a tragedy because... I don't think it's, I mean, obviously, you know, Gutierrez is the counterpoint to that. Like, you can be molested and abused as a child and not repay that evil for evil. Mm-hmm. But I also think it would be kind of naive to think that, especially with our culture, where I feel like especially male, you know, like boys being raped is very, very underreported because culturally it's unacceptable to to talk about that. And the fact that you're a victim makes you like less than a man um, I think it would be a mistake to say that there that there's nothing to that 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 you know if you get abused as a child that that fundamentally warps your view of what is good and appropriate and whether you're just wanting to pay back as I said evil for evil or it just fucks up your sense of power imbalance or whatever I think there is something tragic. Oh, um, absolutely, I mean someone hurt him, and that's that's yeah that's a tragedy that's terrifying and sad that someone's taking advantage of children but i i just don't understand and maybe i never will the mentality of perpetuating that in your adult life maybe that's how you said you know regaining that power in yourself trying to take back that what was taken from you yeah yeah so to kind of piggyback on the conversation we had last time about you know how gays were being uh made to look evil here mm-hmm. in this show. Um, we didn't know at the time that Gutierrez was, was gay. Right? right. And so certainly I think it's a problem if you're categorically, like if the show is categorically saying these people are evil, uh, but it doesn't seem to be the case. And if you can't deal with someone being both a victim and a perpetrator, like that, that is, that is the, that is the real world people. Like, right. 
good people do bad things, bad people do good things. If you can't deal with those dualities, you're just you're living in a world of black and white and it doesn't work. Right. right. The They're s- grays. The school bully is himself being bullied at home by someone. I mean, it all comes right. from somewhere. And it doesn't make it, it okay. Yeah, no, it does not this, make it okay. This, right. I think what a lot of people don't understand is like this isn't an engagement in moral relativism. This is just, you know, this is discussing villains. Like we always talk about, like villains yeah. are really interesting when they're complex and three-dimensional. Well, you can't then say, well, this one class of thing is beyond that. Like, And sometimes I think that's sure. part of what keeps our society back. Like you know this 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 uh thing that we have with child predators is you know makes it even more underground it keeps people from getting the help they need mm-hmm. um because if this is like you know Sandus- it's also intriguing when you think about Jerry Sandusky or this Kurtwell is like you know nurture versus nature is some of this component genetic is some of this you know component um because you're sexualized way too early and you know just because everybody doesn't do it just because you have Guterres in fact the vast majority of people who are abused do not further abuse doesn't mean there's just nothing to the other side of the story so right so I thought it was interesting that I found I read a lot of articles where they're talking about the young pope meting out justice to this Kurtwell and yet uh, I can't I... help but think my first response is, are there no young boys in fucking Alaska? Right. There was no justice here. Um, this was the same thing that we've seen the Catholic Church doing for decades now is shuffling priests away to different parts of the country when they've been clearly violating the law and abusing children. Like, yeah, he won't be this as— This is the practice of the church. He won't be as happy and comfortable in a freezing hellscape molesting children, but there's nothing to indicate that he won't be molesting children in Alaska. And I was actually— shocked that they that not only did they push that off as like some kind of you know the pope metting out justice but also mm-hmm. that and Guterres seemed to be along with it like oh my thank god the pope did the right thing but also like i didn't see any commentary at all even though there's a lot of commentary about the kurtwell that that specifically mentioned that like holy shit uh what about the the youths of alaska right and it's especially egregious when you see him trying to push gays out of the church right Right. like if you're homosexual he doesn't want you in his church up until this episode this finale episode essentially uh unless you're gutierrez you're out Uh, so he's being super harsh on homosexuality but not harsh on the abusive children yeah like Like, what if he gets sick of being in ketchikan alaska and he decides to fuck off and just continue to victimize people wherever Mm -hmm. all right sure yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like this guy, like you have evidence of him preying on. I mean, I don't know. That kid in the liquor store seemed like he's probably at least 18. So you have evidence of him being gay, I guess. But like this guy should be charged. Yes. There right. should be cooperation right. with the the police. Uh, and, and I thought that's kind of where they were going. But then he's off getting frostbite in Alaska. And I was I was kind of shocked that the show thinks that's justice. Can the Swiss right. Guard not arrest people what is their I purpose just i mean they, just, they guard the pope and provide security it's, it's, it's fascinating the relationship of the swiss guard with the vatican um and there's tons of wikipedia articles you can read on it but yeah i, I don't know i i was i, I was kind of shocked by that let me say it was at the so very if, least he should have been drummed out of the order right like he right. should not be a cardinal he should be defrocked so i i think you know if this guy had not been breaking the law um, Mm. and abusing kids. I think it would have been a nice bookend to see essentially the harshest treatment that the young Pope can give you Mm. is to send you to Ketchikan, Alaska. We've seen him do it to someone who didn't deserve it Mm. necessarily. Now, if we saw him do it to someone who did deserve it, but didn't deserve anything worse than that. He was just a shit. Not like, then it would have been a perfect bookend. And I feel like that's the, that's the note they were going for. It just, Uh it's, out of tune because you think this guy should be brought up on charges like that. Right. That is the, but I, I was almost not... wondering if that's part of the pro like that was part of the commentary um, that, and I, I, when I was watching, I thought sure people would be co- commenting on this. It's kind of like, you know, they set up this heroic moment, but then you mm-hmm. view it as part of like the, the Catholic church struggle with this issue and it's in completely insufficient, but yet I didn't see, I mean, maybe there was, I didn't see any, uh, arguments uh, about that. I did think, you know, to talk about your, uh, you know, vilification of gays, I thought it was pretty amazing, or I, not amazing, but I thought it was a nice touch to have a gay, you know, a closeted but very powerful and sympathetic gay man be the one who eloquently argues for his own 
mm-hmm. you know, existence and self-worth rather than like Lenny coming to appreciate it from some third hand or, you know, like, like, you know, Sister Mary says, you just can't be mean to the, I, I thought it was interesting that like, he stood up for himself and said, you know, it's, it's morally reprehensible and unacceptable for you to equate gays with right. child molesters. He became mm-hmm. sort of a martyr for that cause. And I think Lenny appreciates that trait in a person um can we talk about kurt wells in lenny's dynamic surely lenny knew exactly what kurt well had on him yeah so why would he continue to let him victimize people and go on and you know push off this case and send someone who wasn't really qualified to investigate the case well but if he knew that's all he had they intimate that Lenny used his extraordinary, almost godlike powers of perception to realize that Guterres had been molested as a child and that this is what... This is what Gutierrez needed to kind of heal from that, and that he'd also be uniquely qualified to to be able to form empathetic. I, I mean, I don't know, like to he, turn that sure. fear into anger. But then like he, he sees it come to life in the, you know this hotel room he's living in with all these alcohol bottles everywhere, mm. and he's like, "You can just come home." Like he didn't know that that would be I think painful he, for him. Well, I think he did, but then he is also empathetic when he realized how painful this is this is for him. But we, weirdly enough, that seemed to galvanize Gutierrez, like that. That little right. bit of mercy like took the pressure off enough for him to but I also they don't they don't tell us as the audience why some of these things happen like the young man mm-hmm. who's the tennis up and coming tennis star flatly refusing to seduce the priest they give them like suddenly he's willing after he tells the guy to get the fuck out of here he's willing to give him surveillance tape where he did suck the guy off like I they don't understand why he did that. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like I understand everything I need to know about it, but I thought it was right, curious and maybe laudable that they did it that way. He had a change of heart or he thought about it more. Right. I well, I mean, I, th- I think definitely it like it seals there's, there's a scene where the Cardinal was like somehow it bought his way into this tennis academy and he was watching this young man practice and that like the young he's smart enough to realize this guy is going to use this to fuck more young kids mm-hmm. and I'm kind of a part of that if I don't help this Gutierrez guy out. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, it was an odd choice to put this tennis star kid in a liquor store because I feel like tennis stars start a lot earlier than that. I, I don't know what age you need to be in Italy to work in a liquor store, but Oh he's uh, in a like yeah, he's in New York though. Typically Oh right, right. Yeah, so he's gotta be eighteen. Oh plus. yeah, he's, I think that he's probably he's been like groomed. 21. Like he's probably been groomed for that for a long time and well, but now he's trying to turn pro. I mean Right. I mean I'd assume that their relationship was much older than that. Than maybe mm-hmm. when he was a part of the Catholic Church or the tennis academy. Yeah. He was a much younger man and just continued for years. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I also want to say, before we move on to Kurtwell and his villainy, you know, and shades thereof, when he, 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 he changed the story of what the landlord did and said when he, uh, from episode 9 to episode 10, mm-hmm. which that shines a little bit of light. Like, if he recast that story, like, if he wasn't molested and he just, you know, recast that to, to try to uh, regain sympathy, then he's a lot more villainous or he's a lot more nakedly evil than... You know, th- than if he actually was molested by this guy. Do you guys have any idea of which is the truth? No, I don't. Um, and ultimately, it doesn't matter, right? Um, right. Yeah, you're gonna feel slight a slight bit more sympathy, but I think he gets still gets what he deserves. Sure. Uh, regardless of whether he was molested as a kid or not. Okay. Uh, it doesn't excuse any of his actions. Sure. I just thought it was interesting that like the young. I thought like the since we were. A party to both sides of that conversation, like that they that that was something they wanted us to ponder, and but mm-hmm. I, 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 it's like the Joker's face scar in the Dark Knight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but, but you know, it's like, yeah. So okay, we t- we talked about that enough. Um, what else you guys want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about the fat lady breathing into Gutierrez. They're breathing the same air. What the hell? That's that. What the hell did Sexy. that mean? Well, was it sexy or was she trying to like... (laughs) I don't know, man. Was she trying to like almost like some kind of magical thinking? Like if I breathe the same air as a priest breathes, that that's going to give me like strength or vitality or... I don't think so. I think it it was definitely an intimacy thing. She's... Yeah, but I don't... 
I I don't know. It's a little creepy for me. I mean, they definitely make it seem like this lady, um, who is the superintendent of the hotel he's staying at, mm-hmm. is craving, like, like she gets all this human contact third hand and through CCTV cameras and whatnot, like you mm-hmm. know, right. and and kind of like her fearful isolation with Guterres's fearful isolation to the extent, like I thought there was this. It was funny, and but this was very tragic. Where like you know this moment of triumph where she's getting craned out and she's going to do something about this issue, mm. and then she's like, "Nope, nope, put me back, put me back." Right. This was her literal coming out moment. Like she yeah. was coming out of the hotel she'd been cooped up in, and I I can't help but think that there are parallels there with Gutierrez coming out to Lenny. Oh, and and like, like also he like, has he has the strength to do it. She doesn't. Yeah, he right. had this uplifting look on his face, and then when he realized she's being put back, like his face kind of fell. And yeah. yeah, like all those things, all those experiences came uh, in handy when he had to come out to the Pope. But mm-hmm. I just like the yeah, we're breathing the same air. It's like man, that means something. But fuck if I know what. It's like the Prime <laughs> Minister dancing, right. Uh, similarly, like with the, I love the bookend of the buzzer where he had the meeting with the Russian, um, the, the Russian cardinal, who you know obviously is very dull and didn't have much to talk about, and then the cardinal like he gets dra- drawn over by the Venus, the primitive Venus, <laughs> and then Lenny, Lenny pushes the button, and they also yeah. have this like Russian music that starts like it's awakening something inside yeah. of him, like and like, Suri finally has a good excuse. Yes, finally, <laughs> yes, finally, yeah, she's beautiful. she's learned what she's supposed to do with all this stuff. Um, <laughs> yep. I thought that was really really funny. It was. Uh, one. One thing I thought, sure, like when Lenny had the, I guess, vision of all the former popes, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I, I wish that um, – I kind of wish that they'd harkened back to the scene where they confronted the, the sheep herder, Madonna guy. And, like, oh, Lenny's yeah. like, why are you talking to me now on this eve? And the, and the, the popes had said, because you're breaking our balls, Lenny. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but instead he asks them, like, you know, what, you know, for uh, something from their combined wisdom and they can only offer banalities, which, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of like a Jack Black, this is a tribute, right? Like, if you right. had to write, like, this, this received wisdom of 2,000 years of popes, yeah. unbroken back to Peter. It would just say God smiles. Yeah, like That's what could you possibly say. say that would justify that build up? Whereas like, yeah. nah, this is just a, this is just a tribute. This isn't obviously the greatest advice you've ever heard. This is just, you know. I thought yeah. that was anticlimactic but also about what you would expect from that 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 thing. Speaking of Tonino, what do you think happened to Tonino? The gay. sheep herder guy. Think he's dead? Oh, Tonino? Yeah, Tonino. Oh, I thought, isn't, man, isn't that, the, I thought uh, he was the soccer player. The soccer player? He might be as well, but no. Okay, the, what do you think happened to the, the sheep herder with the... Guy. He was killed. That's what okay. they said. I mean, Voyola says he can't me? say what happened to him, right? He says I that think that end, guy's Tonino. A couple episodes ago, they said that after his after their visit to his house, he was found dead. Right, right. So you're asking who killed him. Maybe I'm thinking Tonino I wonder if the, the Pope guy. just dropped... Because well, that's the thing, like, if... His fourth I mean, obviously, you could read into Viello's, like, I can't even tell you because there's, like, some kind of, like, you know, there might be some legal problems here. But it could be that the Pope just dropped a truth bomb on him, on him so hard that it caused him to commit suicide. I, I don't know. Possible. Right. But, like, the I don't re- honestly really think these cardinals and the Pope did something to kill the man. Like, I just can't, okay. like, how would that even work? Maybe it was some sort of Pope fanatic killed him because he thought he was a, a blasphemer or what do you call it? Well, they uh, unleashed the albino monk from the Da Vinci Code on yes, him. Like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Tonino is that guy. Is, uh, I okay. just looked it up. Okay. Um, and Voilo just says he can't tell us what happened with him. Right. So in my opinion, if you can't say what happened um, because there's some things you shouldn't know – then something real, real bad has happened. Well, the, his exact his exact quote yes. was: "There are certain secrets so important that only one person should know them." Implying yeah. that maybe only, well, I mean, he'd have to know as as, as well as the Pope. Because I'm like, is that maybe that like the Cardinals left and it was just the Pope and Danino for a while? But then Viello wouldn't know, right? Or maybe it's something he that Viello. Even if oh, he I, I wonder. To. I wonder if Viello. I wonder if Viello would say, I don't know, like, like if, if, would Viello take action on his own? Because we see that he's kind of a renegade cardinal. He's not above, like, blackmailing and doing other, 
skullduggery without anyone else's approval. Like I maybe him taking him staging a circumstance where Esther opens her shirt and the Pope touches her breasts was too overwhelming for him. That mm-hmm. sort of guilt that it brought him. So I don't think he could. Yeah, he kill never someone. actually used it. Yeah, but this didn't this episode didn't their meeting with Danino come at the end of the episode where he had fallen on the Pope's feet and begged mercy for the Holy Father? Like yes. he might find it in him to do something rash if he was acting like I have to make up for an here is an apostate and like I, I don't know but it was certainly intriguing yeah, I mean I think the reason that he couldn't go through with the blackmail scheme is because it was against the Pope the Holy Father like gotcha. well not only that but I think he was convinced at this time that Lenny was a saint well sure there were several reasons um, yeah but I think if he were doing something as he saw to protect the church mm-hmm. or protect the Holy Father, I think he he would probably do it. Sure. Because it, it becomes clear throughout the series that under the old popes, he was kind of nefarious in a lot of his methods, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, he was also a really good politician. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, there were several things about him that made him equip, well-equipped for the job. But... I wouldn't say nefarious. I'd say Machiavellian, which doesn't okay. mean what people think it means like it doesn't mean it just means like just really a dispassionate some would say ruthless um uh, exercise of power right yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know what happened to tonino but it wasn't good yeah uh-huh. i wouldn't rule out him contracting someone to do it but viello is such an interesting mm-hmm. character like i love the scene of him watching Sister Mary fly off in the helicopter. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like this and guy. And I like that Lenny gave them that moment together. Yeah. To yeah. say goodbye before. Yeah, this guy left. is like, uh, I forget uh, what his name is. It's Silvio Orlando. Orlando, yep. right, right, right. But he is like really freaking good. He's, mm-hmm. he's very Like good. at very, very, very subtle and just emotional acting. His accent as well. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love it's great. the English. It's um, tough to understand sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The reason I'm watching it with subtitles always. Yeah. Yeah. But I love listening to him. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to. Uh, so what else What else do we want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about the final speech. Okay. Because um, I, I guess it's powerful. I feel like he maybe gave too many examples. Yeah. Maybe he could have stuck with three or four. It was like the Africa speech. Yeah. It's on steroids. It was just. It's uh, like when you're trying oh to write a 500-word essay for your English You know, class. the only the only formal speech <laughs> I ever thought was that Jude Law gave that was good was the one where he talked about his girlfriend okay. while he was planting the photo of him and, and mm-hmm. little little Pius. Pius uh, you know, I, I felt like that was... Oh, the uh, love letter? Yeah, like yeah. I felt him... That was the only time Jude Law delivered something I thought was moving. Like I'd say, like, yeah, you crushed it. That's a big moment. Like he crushed all of like... Uh, what the, I think the AV club started calling it the the conference dunks. Mm-hmm. Like or oh, the, yeah. the private... Yeah. Like when, when he's, he's smacking like, somebody yeah, down. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's dunking on somebody. Decrease. Like yeah. he, he crushed all that stuff and all the high-handed and the, the humiliation that he said and... And um, but what what I thought was but all the speeches I thought were empty and hollow. But maybe that's because I'm not a religious person. Also, very weird to me the way he displayed grief. Like Lenny, I think it was a, it was a it was interesting. And here's the way I interpret it. Maybe I'm a monster. I felt like the Jude Law was like I'm going to play an eight year old boy emoting inside a fifty year old man. Yeah. And it was weird to see that, like, non-self-conscious, just childish grief at things happening to him. Like his mm-hmm. his his uh, stepfather, you know, uh, Spencer dying. Mm-hmm. Um, his reaction to his parents being there, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and then le- abandoning him again. a child's toy to see them. Yeah. yeah. But it was weird because, like, but the thing is, like, I think that's interesting. But I don't know if he pulled it off because how would I even know? <laughs> yeah, I think it works for me. Yeah, the, the, I mean, if it got the point across, I it, think it, it worked. It, you know? I, I almost the, the problem is it channeled jo- John Ham crying on SNL. SNL a bit, yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah. crying ugly, yeah, yeah, oh, yes. yeah. Like, like it just suddenly it's John, it's, he's John Ham, and then suddenly he's doing a very poor <laughs> imitation of a person crying. Yeah, but you could also believe that a person would cry like that because some people, <laughs> some people laugh funny, some people cry funny. They can't help it. It's true. Um, but I thought it was weird that like he. Well, not weird. It, it's just, I don't know. It's weird because I, I also don't think that his, any of his speeches, his papal speeches, were, at least the public ones, were convincing at all. Yeah, and 
I mean, I, I thought the dream one was <laughs> okay. Sure, because the, the, the first one, yeah, yeah, where everything, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, because that might be like wish fulfillment. Like, how awesome would it be if a pope came out and just right? Yeah, I mean, so much of this is meant to be ambiguous. If you listen to you know Paul Sorrentino talk about his show, many of these scenes, he's like, "We left this intentionally ambiguous. You're right, not right. supposed this to is understand." Supposed to be a mystery. Yeah, uh, and so I think the true is. The same is true of Lenny's death at the end. Like, we don't know what caused it necessarily. Um, is is this some divine retribution <laughs> from God? Like, yeah, like is it, he a saint and he's performed he's, his miracles and now he's done? Did he's God saint. love him because he was uncompromising and returning to the true church? And now that he shows a little bit of... Um, compassion the, right. the old man's going old testament on him or did the the sense of losing his parents again kill him like or was it a fulfillment of having seen his parents finally and now right. he's done or you yeah. see like a yeah. lot of times in the bible like someone like you know samson had long hair and it was his power and when that was mm-hmm. cut he like became you know previously invincible now he is uh, vulnerable like did did the source of Lenny's internal power, like him making peace with his parents and coming to terms of that grief, that 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 sustained him, and now it's gone. Like his heart literally is is ripped out. Um, then did, did he, in a weird way, like he kind of said from as a as a pope, like when I die, I hope to hug each one of. Did he? make a self-fulfilling prophecy there like right. god's like all right granted you know like he does all this other stuff <laughs> then he should have killed everybody in, in the crowd too right yeah <laughs> he, can, he, real... can, he can ghost hug him the ghost pope is the next guess, season yeah yeah <laughs> jude law this time he's just pale he he's the same just mm-hmm. not tanned mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i so i was thinking back like what did he actually accomplish at the time of his death it seems like he has taken even more firm stands on some of the the issues that the Catholic Catholic Church frowns on, right? Like, you know, he's he's still shuffling off these priests to remote locations um, when they're caught up in scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's softened somewhat on homosexuality, but I don't know if that's like a policy change or if that's personally how he feels about it now. Well, and that feels that actually felt realistic. Like, yeah. it would be dumb if he was like, oh, well, yeah, forget all that homosexuals. Now that I got a homosexual, I like I like the fact that he's like. Look, man, you can't not exactly meet me halfway, but recognize that this is progress. Like, he, I, I'm not going to go right. 180 degrees from where I was. Right. He made he brought what's his name back from Alaska uh, immediately following his talk with Gutierrez. So I found that to be a policy change. He also made Tommaso a cardinal. Which okay. is funny because when he was I'm given sure when he was giving the was knowing eye of the old guy he sent to Alaska, mm-hmm. I thought he was like, "Yeah, watch, I'm going to send this bootlicker to Alaska now." Right. Um, and also, the, there was a really funny that scene in the garden where the Pope's trying to like, you know, sympathize with this old man and his his chapped hands, and then the the blessed Mary, blessed Juana, bounded past, and he's just like, "Yup," you know. <laughs> This is literally just lets a guy trails off and just leaves. Like, right. Yeah, so what do you think about him deciding not to go to Guatemala to visit the Church of the Blessed Juana mm-hmm. and go to Venice to find his parents instead? What I is- think it's because he decided – I understood it's because he had already decided to make this woman a saint, to canonize it. And mm-hmm. that's like this speech was kind oh, of was making it – f- Well, that. also, no, she wasn't. Like that's this this uh, this priest seems like his whole responsibility is he's like the 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 cardinal that is directly uh, involved in investigating claims for sainthood because there's a criteria people have to meet and it's a big deal when the pope makes someone officially a saint um, and which is why it was significant him saying that like, I think you're a saint too because this is kind of like you know putting a bow around all these saint discussions but i also think and i i'm not a catholic but re- referring to her as the blessed kind and, and then they gave the, they showed this other cardinal's face and he kind of like yes i feel like that's the pope was winding up to essentially say that she's a saint because mm-hmm. the blessed is i think what you call a saint right that makes sense yeah i guess the so he's re- like I, there's no need to go here plus i also want to see if i can find my parents <laughs> Like what I'm what I'm thinking about the end and what he's changed, you know, he's I guess enacted some rigid policies like that he may have softened on by the end. I don't know where he stands on like official policy for homosexuality, but um 
uh, you know, a lot of people have come back to the church. It doesn't seem like much has changed. And in actuality, I think this show, I think him being the young pope is incidental to the story of him and his parents. Hmm. I think all of the trappings of Catholicism here are completely incidental. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I mean, if that's like saying that all the trappings of Don Draper, except for him growing up a whorehouse, is incidental. It's also crazy interesting that he was an ad executive in the 60s, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what, like, it, it's like what separates a story about an orphan coming to terms with the, with his parents leaving, what makes that interesting and, and as capable of being told as a story is that he becomes the young pope. So, like, I mm-hmm. guess it's incidental in the same way that... But it doesn't say... I don't think this says anything about the Catholic Church. I don't think this has an opinion on any of this stuff other than... Uh, but I, an but here, let me ask you this. I don't think the opinion is expressed. It's almost too ambiguous to express anything. Let me, uh, well, and I think it's all incidental to the main plot, which is Lenny figuring out how to live his life as an orphan. Well, yeah. I I mean I I I think that we never fi- figured out what Lenny's overall plan was, and maybe his overall plan because it seems like the leaking, it, it seemed like he had like this 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 leaking of his love letters was part of that plan. Mm-hmm. Like he has had this long term plan that he's put in place by faith to come to terms with God or whatever, and like part of those le- like like part of his you know. He set himself up to be this unyielding, demanding pope, and that he was um, like, like like keeping himself hidden so it could be a maximum impact. But then these letters got out, and they impacted the world dramatically. Like even this severe, uncompromising, and also uncompromisable person, because the restraint that it would like like it's it's interesting because they showed the when Cess and I are talking about like this is kind of like the perfect affair. Like what would you do if you found out? 40 years after it happened that this person had carried this torch, this very erotic and and intimate torch for you, and you found out that it's the Pope and these letters became public. Like, mm-hmm. how good would that make you feel as a person? But also, you didn't really commit any sin. This is a, such a chaste and yet erotic affair that this woman's right. had, and she didn't even know it. Right. You never right. did anything. You never sent the letters. But because of that, the whole world, I felt like that we're supposed to get this idea that the whole world felt like that woman. Like, this, you know, they're reading these letters to this pope, and it's like that could be anyone, and, and, and the pope could have been anyone. And, and it, like, gave – like, the, the way the, the reporter said, it's like the whole world is now focused on love rather than evil – which I don't buy, but okay. uh, yeah, sure, whatever. It's <laughs> a fun. I don't like. I don't. I don't buy all this miracle stuff either. And I, I love how the show kind of walked that tightrope of like all this stuff is easily explainable. Mm. Right. He was suddenly humanized as as well as it. I forget who did it, but it was brought to his attention that maybe his parents are avoiding him because he's being too harsh. Did he think that? Yeah. Being you know the perfect. Um, Iron Fist Pope would bring his parents to him or... And how much of that rigid conservatism was a rebellion from his hippie upbringing? Right. Right. I guess the the reason I say this is because I had some expectations going in. Uh I had an expectation that it was going to be some kind of commentary on the Catholic Church, and I don't think it was. Right. I mean, that's a... a It's on me. It it doesn't make the show worse or better. Yeah, you're right. That's what I expected. Right. Yeah, it's a fine line to walk, and I don't think I think that they successfully did not offend anyone or do <laughs> right. anything offensive. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I mean, they offended that, somebody, but people that would be offended. Just I'm slightly the... offended by the way the Catholic Church handles pedophiles, but but not because of this show, <laughs> no, right? No. Like I, they're I just think reflecting. It would, be, it would be odd if they did turn him into the police. I mean, with the Catholic Church's history of, at least that would have been breaking from. And I do like the fact expect, that they but... don't. They didn't cheat. Like, they did heroics and villainy on their own terms. It was all relative to what would actually happen in this particular scenario. Like, you know, uh, a a Pollyanna ending would be, like, you know, this guy getting cuffed in bracelets and and Lenny looking at him cold over it. But that's not the way this actually works. But at least it would say something about the real Catholic Church. Like, here's what needs to be changed. Or, Or if you go the other way and you say... Like Lenny's plan of rigidity works, and mm-hmm. the 
that yes, it's smaller, but it's uh, it's much more you know strictly adopted and mm-hmm. um, maybe come at it from the other side and say this is what the Catholic Church should be because this is what the Bible says. Right. Like I could be interested in that, but from like a theology or organizational type mm-hmm. of viewpoint, I, this show did nothing for me, and I expected it to, Okay, but maybe I shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um, how do you feel about Lenny hunting down Esther? Hunting down, maybe. She hunting forward. down? But, yeah. I mean, she intentionally left and didn't tell him where she was going. Oh, and he, he right. made Well, I don't know if she intentionally known. or the Cardinals shuffled them off to make sure that this scandal wouldn't, you know, happen. Did he send that picture to... I think he I think she he planted it on the beach like the I, fact yeah. that he was or there he on had someone do it. I think on, he did. Backpack, <laughs> and then they then you the see beach. the white po- oh, right, you see the was. white pope helicopter taking off in the right, distance right, like right. I think he batmaned it man. Yeah. yeah. Uh Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that's creepy as fuck. That now you got creepy. a pope you can't get rid of. <laughs> yeah, he's got <laughs> the good thing he died. The pope team 6 like came in there and infiltrated he came in like with a scuba gear and a refitted torpedo as a sled and yeah. A, uh waterproof bad photo frame. Yeah, it's it's uh but it's weird because increasingly it seems clear that Esther and her husband did not appreciate the attention from him mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do about it. Now they're free and then she seemed also kind of very conflicted about this picture, but then the last that we see her, she seems very genuinely happy. Right. And maybe because I also think that the Pope and... w- was in erotic love with Esther as well. Like, yeah. that's the letter. And I Probably. think maybe that's what... I think when she, I, I think we're supposed to understand that when Esther read these letters or along with the world, that she saw a part of herself in that and also saw, like, you know, that the Pope was trying to be... wanted to be close to her, but he couldn't. And, you know, like, I don't... I, it's... It's one of those things where it's like a picture literally says a thousand words. I'd have to write an essay to break down exactly what I thought Esther was feeling and thinking, but I don't have any evidence other than five seconds of her wistfully staring into the camera. Yeah. 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 I guess I just wish that speech at the end had been more. Powerful. I also love the music choice about yeah. the the I'm the uh, the you know I'm only human techno uh-huh. dubstep whatever the fuck the kids call it these mm-hmm. days music with the Pope in his running suit. Mm-hmm. Batmaning the photo is just just great. Like th- that was the end of episode nine, right? I don't remember. Pretty sure is the end of episode nine, and I'm like, ah, oh, I was really, yeah, really high on the young pope at that point. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, I, I do we have anything else we want to talk about? Because we also have a, a, a pretty good amount of feedback. Uh, and also, do you have to take off? I mean, as okay, as a, you know, just to kind of sum up what I felt about the series, I thought it was artistic as hell. And it not only just like looking good, but saying a lot with its imagery. Oh, yeah. Um, So much so that at times it's hard to decipher, but uh, I think it's effective nonetheless. Like this pull out to to the globe at the very end says so much about the unification that's trying to take place here, Uh what he's trying to do through the Catholic Church um, in a lot of ways. And I, I don't think all of his policies match up with that idea. Well, that's, but, you know, that's interesting because the Pope is the Pope for all Catholics worldwide. And they made that point, uh-huh. like, you've got African Pope, or you got Af- African Catholics, and you got South American Catholics. It's truly this globe-spanning. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. That's unique in the world, right? Like, no other organization I mean, has that kind of thing, and it's like kind like of like... certainly not presence? as widespread, I guess. Like, there's no but... president of the world. Oh, Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. And, like, is yeah, this a right. political statement? Like, maybe we should start thinking about that? Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying we're ready to have no borders and all that right now. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, I keep on I keep on coming back to Star Trek, right? Yeah. Like, if we're going to go from here to Star Trek, one of these days we're going to have to start. Like, it's not just going to be the EU. It's not going to be the USA. It's going to be the, you know, like, larger and larger forms of, of uh, NATO-type agreements until it encompasses the whole globe. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Or else what total... the fuck are we going to be? I mean, 300 years from now, we're really going to have borders and shit with the Internet and in place and global trade. Right. And, you know, if, if we're going to face threats like asteroids and climate change and God knows what else, like super volcano, whatever the fuck is going to happen, you know, like when the Yellowstone volcano, super volcano threatens to obliterate half the United States, are we still going to be squabbling about the borders? And I kind of I wondered if um, 
like the young pope as a model for some kind of global government or is at least a meditation on that is is anyone feeling that or am i am i i've been smoking too much oregano catnip catnip I, i mean i i think in as much as it wants to talk about that it's like the Catholic Church is trying to be that essentially. Well, it is that for like in the show anyway. for for all cat like billion a billion like one sixth of the world. Right, right. One but seventh. It's, it's trying to be the leader in in also morals and values and those kinds of things too. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, it doesn't have like the regulatory power of over like geographic location, but it does have the regulatory power over your actions your thoughts sure um your your feelings about things so i don't know maybe what about what about lenny's first miracle where he brought the little the 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 kid's mom back to life on the st- um and he told that in the context of making spencer happy do we are we sure that's what really happened or is so. lenny I, telling spencer what he wants to hear i think because um andrew witnessed it sister yeah. mary witnessed it um and they talk about it as much as Lenny refuses mm-hmm. to talk about it. That's what tells me it's real and happened. And that's why I feel like that maybe there is a season she's two. she's still alive today. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there is a season two in the works this whole time because, like, there's so many questions that are unanswered about but Lenny and his nature. And... I mean, that was Paolo Sorrentino's things, that he, he liked the mysteries. He yeah. wanted mm-hmm. you to draw your own conclusions. Whatever is applicable to your life. I feel like that's true and... of the leftovers, too, but there's still more story to be told. Sure. Like just because there's what this is fairly self-contained and it, you know, maybe young Pope died, maybe he's not like, but it doesn't really matter. You know, they don't need another season, but they could have. And there's easy, there's, there's easily hooks to have another season. I don't yeah. know. But then where do you go? Like, do you want to see the fall of the young Pope? I don't want to see the fall of the young Pope. <laughs> I think we saw it. Back to your point, Jim. <laughs> um, his, the show was just really beautiful. And it seems like he, had a very purposeful um, vision that he was able to also translate onto all of the actors. I guess they just had a really great group of actors to work with that they were able to also have the same vision. I think I just need to seek out more of his works, things he's done before. Have you seen anything else? No, but I've heard that there's a lot of these themes in a lot of his work. And your point about the actors... My God, if you're on these sets and these costumes, how can you not bring it? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a, you know, like, that's so curious because you hear, like, Ewan McGregor talk about how challenging it was to be in a sterile Star Wars environment where you're standing on a green box Mm -hmm. and fighting a guy in a green suit, like, half the time, right? Yeah. And, like, how that challenging, whereas this, like, you're set in these beautiful, gorgeous settings with world class actors. And and you know to like on the actual Westworld set, like like what was what I would love to know what it's like as Jude Law to wear all that Pope stuff, man. Yeah. Like you got to feel the like the literal weight of all that fabric and the, mm-hmm. uh, and the th- from it's, the Pope suit down to uh, an old T shirt that uh-huh. Diane Keaton wore. Right, it just yeah, yeah. right, that works. And then uh, also Lenny just wearing a priest outfit. This, yeah, that was interesting yeah. when he was saying goodbye to Sister Mary, the least Pope we've ever seen him uh, look. Yeah, I mean it. It reflects a certain maturity in him. I think um, that he doesn't need all of in order to feel tiara. important. Right, mm-hmm. he doesn't need all of this accoutrement. Right, he just he can be confident within himself. It, it really feels like he's grown up toward the end. Mm-hmm. All right, so shall we get to feedback, or is there any other points you guys like to make? It's feedback. All right, uh, Tom F. Uh, he want, this, is, this is interesting about the Catholic infallibility, um, and I'm interested in it. I don't know if anyone else is, but um, this cleared up some things for me. So Catholic belief in the Pope's infallibility was brought up in the last episode. He's referring to episode 7, I believe. Uh, I want to mention a couple things about it since it seems like it's uh, important. Catholics officially only consider the Pope infallible when he's teaching about faith and morals ex cathedra, which means from the chair and is a metaphor for when the Pope is speaking in his position as the supreme religious leader of the church. Unofficially, many Catholics do believe the Pope is always infallible, but everything and many Catholic theologians believe the Pope is infallible whenever he's talking about faith or morals, even if he's not formally presented as ex cathedra. So does he have to like say, oh, by the way, 
ex cathedra. Yeah, no, seriously. Homosexuality is a sin. I actually looked this up <laughs> in some official Catholic. Well, I don't know what the official Catholic thing, but like, yeah, he there's like there's like a solemn proclamation, and like you are in your fancy clothes and you're sitting on the fancy chair, and okay, you are. It's 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 like you know. Uh, the literal meaning, again, from the chair, as in the papal throne, as in the kind of thing he was sitting on while being carried into the Sistine Chapel. There are more permanent papal thrones in St. Peter's Basilica and elsewhere, but I'm pretty sure that's part of why the Pope came in seated on his fancy chair. Fun fact that you probably already guessed, this is also where the f- uh, word cathedral comes from, because those were the churches where a bishop's cathedra was kept, meaning the center for local authority on faith and morals. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Carter Wise says... I don't have any in-depth analysis, but I'm enjoying the fuck out of the show. <laughs> Did you guys catch the se- the set about nine minutes into episode 108 of The Young Pope? It has to be the same set that Westworld used for the town where the men in black, William, spoiler, 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 I don't want to talk about. Um, but yeah, like that, the, 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 there's a set that they used in either the Africa scene or a flashback to the, the, the Blessed Guatemala. Juana yeah. that was literally the, the town that, uh, that Lawrence um, or El Lazo was from. Okay. So this this huh. the, that that's a little bit more of the HBO share in the wealth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Franzess, last episode you spoke about being confused about Lenny's intentions because of his opening speech. I always thought that scene was a literal worst case nightmare, one that he wakes up from after Viello tells him he's not the Pope and he's through at the church. The speech contents and even the manner of its delivery seem to be antithetical to his actual views. Lenny is very conservative and eschews the adoration and public publicity of the crowd. So that speech to him appearing before cheering throngs and the comments from Fiello are his worst fears. I never got that. Like, and I guess this is the thing. Like, I never thought that Lenny was conservative. I thought that was the face he was projecting to get an effect that he wanted from the faithful in the world. I thought that up until I kind of still think like that four episodes just... ago, but now I think I was on the fence up until this episode where he actually made a turnaround and, you know, seemed to be convinced that he didn't need to be so conservative and that. Right. Yeah. That's what really sold it for me. Yeah. I guess I, I buy it, but I, I was like you, Aaron, you know, at the beginning I was like, oh, this is what isn't what he really believes. There's something bigger going on here. And there turned out not to be. Yeah. Uh, he continues, I think if anything, his intention is to fundamentally purify the church with hardline doctrines and expel all the phonies and corruption and then progress forward back to modernity without the hypocrisy and vice and to regain true moral authority. Obviously, this is not working out according to plan, and he's finally listening to advice like that of the fabulous Sophia. Perhaps with his pride humbled, he is still working on stamping out corruption like that of Sister Antonia. Um, so, And then he fucks it all up by sending... Kurtwell out to Alaska. Yeah. Like Take your hard lines, man. Get right. him the fuck out of the church. It's so weird that nobody, like, I feel like that, did you, you read a lot of stuff too, right? Did you see anyone taking that, like, like what the fuck is this banishment to Alaska bullshit? Oh, uh, I only read a couple of reviews. Oh, okay. I didn't see much on it. All right. Uh, Daniel C. wanted to chime in on the conversation regarding Catholics or Christians broadly watching the show. I preface this by saying I left the Catholic church a few years ago and then became Lutheran. Um, so nevertheless, my family is your typical devout Mexican Catholic family, especially my mother. And I was surprised at how open she was towards fiction relating to the Catholic church. I've talked to her about the Da Vinci code, which is still one of my favorite uh, books. And recently this show, she laughs and thinks the concepts are interesting, but still has that tone that says that's fine. As long as you don't accept this fiction as true. I think with me and my family, there's a level of cognitive dissonance regarding shows like this. We can read it and watch it and enjoy it as if it's fiction, but we're strong enough not to allow it to shake our beliefs. I think historical religion is fascinating, especially when it comes to either proving or disproving the Bible. And there are lots of theories, I believe, that directly contradict the Bible and Christian belief. But no matter what I read or watch, there's nothing out there capable of changing who I am or how I live my life. Right. I think that's the most important thing. Is that I, I've if- all... You can watch whatever you want to watch as long as you are personally comfortable with it. But yeah. if you know, your faith is strong enough, then watching something that might question it is, 
I forget where I'm going. <laughs> no, I, I've always thought it was weak sauce to be like, oh, you can't watch Harry Potter because it might make you question your thoughts. Right, like, exactly. man, if like, Harry Potter <laughs> Harry makes Potter you... Harry Potter is going to convince you that witchcraft is real. Or doubt the power well, and divinity of Christ. Maybe witchcraft is your real calling. <laughs> yeah. What does the truth have to fear from Harry Potter? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, But on the other hand, I also am sympathetic to... If you claim to be a Christian and uphold Christ's teachings... Are you really going to get a lot of pleasure out of seeing like like watch like I don't know like watching bad are you going to revel in watching bad people do bad things? And I'm not making any judgments because I I long ago said, "Nah, forget it to all that, you know, it's the later to all that Christian stuff." Uh so I don't have any moral qualms about watching John Wick or whatever. But like I guess if you espouse to be a like would Jesus watch John Wick? I don't know. Hmm. How awesome Jesus is Jesus watch. anyway? Did you guys? Uh, also, Daniel says you're awesome, and you should be on more of our podcast, Cecily. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, what did you have a thought? Because I've got one more, one more email from Rachel. Did you guys Rachel. ever see The Passion of the Christ? Mm-hmm. I did not. I wasn't sure really? if that was an okay thing to watch for you guys. No, uh, no, it wouldn't no, have been certainly, but yeah. it came out after I was out of it. So, we I went just and saw it in theaters the day yeah. it came out. Oh boy! As sort of the other side <laughs> you know not uh, a devout catholic or christian watching it we just went to see the spectacle uh-huh. and i'm not trying to make fun of anyone but that's just the reason we went and it was it was the most one of the most incredible movie experiences i've ever seen because hmm. people were just crying and just really really into it and it was it was crazy wow it was crazy Guys, that man went through that for all those people i've so. seen so, that uh, happen at a star wars movie <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just a bizarre experience that it reminded me of. Sorry to derail us. <laughs> no, that's all right. Derailing a bald move podcast? Never. Harumph. Harumph. Uh, Rachel says, I have some thoughts about the discussion of gay tropes in the last two episodes. I'm not Catholic, but I did go to Catholic school, and my father's family is super Catholic. Like Boston Irish Catholic. Ah, it's not It's not it's Italian, not Italian Catholic. Catholic. Come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have this insider-outsider perspective on Catholic teachings. I don't think the show is demonizing or punishing gay people. Andrew and Sister Antonia are punished for being corrupt. They abused their positions, sinned repeatedly, did not protect their flocks, and were hypocrites. Granted, Andrew is a more sympathetic character than Antonia, but he refused Lenny's offer of redemption to walk the straight and narrow and chose to return to Honduras to pay for his sins. Andrew acknowledged that he was in the wrong when the narco confronted him. In fact, he acknowledged that he had failed his diocese when he introduced his successor in the previous episode. I think Andrew felt that he was damned if he did stay in Rome and damned if he didn't return to Honduras. His death felt more like a false martyr's death or sacrifice, hence the Christ symbolism of the wound on his side, whereas Antonia was more mm. v- Antonia's was more violent and angry. Hmm. That's a good uh, good Christ imagery analysis there, Rachel. Mm-hmm. That's true, but there, it wasn't necessary for those characters to be gay. Antonia didn't need to be soliciting right. sexual favors from exclusively women. It could have been men. And then you would have gotten the exact same point. We don't Andrew, know that it was exclusively. Just I was going to point out that just we saw. Just the one they showed. The one they right. showed, yeah. sure. And Andrew didn't have to have a threesome with a man and a woman. It could have just been the drug dealer's wife. And he didn't and have to be raped by the, a man in exactly. order to be punished. And like you get the same conclusion. Yeah. Now, I, I will say they took a more even-handed approach when they made Gutierrez gay, who is clearly a good man trying to do good things, just... You know, he's right. haunted by the abuse he experienced as a child, and he deals with it by drinking. But we never see him that's, act on it, so he's never punished for it. He's uh, not a hypocrite. That's true. But that's yeah. the other thing, is he's also the most... I mean, of all the characters, he's probably the most innocent, except for maybe the Pope mm-hmm. himself, because, like, he right. just did. Like, you know, he had his stuffed animals, and he was very humble, <laughs> and, like, you know, like, he was aware of his station and his service to God, and... Never aspired to do more or be more than than you know than, than that. Right. Um. Anyway, she contrasts Andrew to Antonia as straightforwardly evil. I wonder if there is a suggestion of similarity to Mother Teresa, who generated controversy in her support of dictators and and suffering, poverty, and the lack of medical care, despite millions of dollars of aid to her facilities. Unlike Teresa, Antonia was blatantly vain, greedy, and cruel, and I don't think she was mm-hmm. punished for being gay. She was smote for not carrying out the good works of the church and for abusing the people who depended on her and for refusing to repent when the Holy Father offered or the Holy Father himself offered her the chance. 
Uh, as for the son attempting to rape Andrew and that entire interlude into the banal elite of Rome, it reminded me of Sorrentino's The Great Beauty and other Italian filmmakers like Fellini and, and Antonini, uh, especially the La Notette, La, uh, L.A. space N-O-T-T-E. You're just making up words now. <laughs> I'm not, Rachel might, but I can't even pronounce them. It also explored the ugly hedonism and ennui of the healthy, wealthy and beautiful. No matter where Andrew went to Honduras, the Vatican, secular Rome, there was also ugliness, corruption, and sin, where he sank further into desolation and despair. The mother aggressively attempted to seduce Andrew by locking them in the bathroom, but she merely disrobed and invited Andrew to bang her, whereas the son went directly to rape. If you do choose to read the show as punishing hetero or non-heteronormative, such as the contradiction of the Catholic Church, Lenny laid it out in the first episode, I am a contradiction, like God. One and three and three and one, like Mary, virgin and mother, like man, good and evil. Catholicism is mystifying, and I've had more than a few Catholics tell me the show really captures how it feels to be Catholic. Hmm. And I think Maybe that, that's why I don't get this show. And I think that is interesting in that a show that welcomes the mystery of a relationship with an ineffable God. I – hmm. Maybe I wish that I had had more of a prep session mm-hmm. for this show. Like, tell me what this show is going to be and how I should be viewing it. Because... But then it wouldn't have been the kind of glorious surprise it was, though. Right. I mean, it was it was a great surprise, mm-hmm. but only like stylistically for me. Like, huh. i i wasn't I wasn't really getting the things that it was trying to say. I wasn't understanding the mystery, as as she put it. Mm. So, like. If someone had said, hey, this is going to be an examination of what it feels like to be a Catholic or, or you know, the, the idea of embracing that sort of mystery, then I might have been more on board with it. Mm-hmm. I expected mm-hmm. more of a sort of commentary on the organization itself, which is not what I got. I feel like I know I, twice I as much about – I feel like I know twice as much about Catholics that I did before. Okay. Yeah. And like, especially about the you know, like the Catholic culture, not just the, (laughs) not just the like religious beliefs, but the actual culture of Catholics, Uh um, which has been kind of always mysterious. And like I explained at the onset, I've always had this like built-in bias against Catholicism because that was always the like arch enemy of Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. Like you know. Um, most Chris of Christendom were, were false prophets, but like the ba- you know, the, the true OG of Babylon the Great, the empire, the world empire, of false religion was Catholics and the Pope, and yeah, and uh, so you know, I, I to the extent that this show dispelled some ignorance and like shed some light on what I would consider previously consider like nonsensical beliefs, I, I felt like I learned a lot. And like I said, okay. that didn't help that the show was just drop dead gorgeous to look at. So like I'm being yeah. taught and all at the same time stimulated uh, by just everything that the the you know. And like I said, I love a show that makes the Pope getting dressed <laughs> like I don't even know what to call it because no one dresses like that anymore. Uh, like a fucking power play. Yeah, I, like, I like, enjoyed the show immensely. It's just I don't feel like I got anything out of it. No, all right. So it's a and so it's ultimately an emotionally and intellectually empty experience for you. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, it's I, but it's super enjoyable. I disagree because I felt a lot of things and I thought a lot of things about watching this. Ultimately, did it did did it mean anything in the grand sense? Like, is it going to change my politics or my the way I view religion? No, but I still appreciate the things I felt and thought along the way. Any last words from you, Cecily? Uh, no, I think I agree broadly with Jim. Um, it was beautiful. I was expecting more like. A fantasy, something like that, because all the trailers that we got were all of the more balls to the wall kind of visuals that we got yeah. throughout the show. They did set us up with that. I, I mean, the show was also the show was like batshit crazy. It like they're like it, 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 it's not even really and... that coherent in looking backwards. Like it's I've still struggled to feel to find a thread of what they were all trying to go for. But, but I, I wouldn't say it left me empty. I think it was artistically very hmm. um, enriching for me. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't really learn anything about Catholicism. But you're 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 you haven't said this, but your family is pretty Catholic. No, I said that my family's oh, Catholic. Oh, did you? Okay. I went to a Lutheran high school, and uh-huh. I 
know things. I know things. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. but only things that one person you've, should know. You've, you've <laughs> you can't right. tell you. You've eaten a I wafer or two. There, there are some secrets that just aren't meant to be told. All right. <laughs> uh, so what's Bald Move doing next? Uh, Cecily and I will be back uh, sometime in the near future and to maybe talk about He's May- got things to talk about. What? There's, there's Bald certain, there, TV this week? There's, oh. there's secrets to be talked about. <laughs> um, but Bald Move, the, the next stop is we're going to be having some girls talk. Uh, HBO Girls came back this last week. And it might be some Always Sunny talk with me and Cecily. Maybe me and Jim will talk about some things going forward. Maybe other people will go on here and talk about things. Who knows? Maybe the Pope. Maybe, Maybe the Pope. You Maybe wouldn't rule it out. We'll get the, the, the papal crown to grace its... Uh, tiara. Get the tiara, papal opinion yeah. on the young Pope. Yeah. Can we get the Pope on to speak about the young Pope? It would be pretty sweet to see the current <laughs> Pope talk about the young Pope. It would. Yeah. I would like. I wonder if he's watched it. Yeah. I think the Pope's got better things to do than watch TV. I think he has an obligation to watch it. Does he? Yeah. He's got to know what the media is saying about right. the Catholic Church. He yeah. should say ex cathedra. He should get up on the chair with all the fancy clothes and say, the young Pope is Catholicism. <laughs> then drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just to put a, a bow on it. All right. Um, he's going to, but he's got to wait for the triple halo. Yeah. He's got. He's already requested from the, 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 the Washington <laughs> Museum or wherever the hell it's kept. Yep. Yeah. Um, so thanks for joining us on this little journey, and uh, we'll be back with more Bald Move TV uh, in the future. As always, if you have feedback, you can send it to TV at baldmove.com and follow what we're doing uh, in all the social media sites and on forums.baldmove.com and, of course, baldmove.com. Uh, we also uh, just started our coverage on The Walking Dead back up. We're doing a co-podcast with Podcastica founder Jason from The Walking Dead co- uh, cast. We're doing a show on FX's Legion. Um which is kind of mysterious in its own right, and uh, lots of other stuff coming up this spring. Better Call Saul, Final Season of Leftovers, Fargo, Return of Fargo, with speaking of Star Wars, Ewan McGregor. Hope, I, I hope that Noah Hawley didn't put him on a bunch of green screen. Save it for the cast. Save it for the cast. <laughs> All right, see you guys later.